podcast uh we have our very special guest today that i, I know that uh, we always are excited for our guests you might recognize him from the band mars electric you might recognize him from the band Linum. you might also recognize him from the band adler you might also recognize him from mick mars new record i guess i could sit here all day and tell you all the stuff you might recognize him from um you might recognize him from Tarrant, Alabama, if you grew up in the slums of Tarrant, Tarrant. Alabama. <laughs> Jacob Button is our guest today on the podcast. What's Hi, up, man? Thank, Jacob. <laughs> Thank you. Wow, that's the that's the coolest introduction. It could have gone on uh, all night, but I know, was like, man, how many more things well, can I name about the guy? I say that's the coolest introduction. The coolest introduction. That was the second coolest introduction because me and this guy played in a band together forever. He's yeah. my best friend in the world. And Alan Hunter, the original VJ from MTV, yeah. we were doing a show and he was introducing the show and he didn't know who was playing. He just knew a band was playing and he walks up to him and he goes, he goes, you guys are playing, right? And I was like, yeah. And he didn't ask the name of the band and it was some charity <laughs> event. And so he gets out there and he goes, Hey, everybody, thank you for coming to this. This is great. We're raising money and stuff. And he goes, and then when he was, when it was time to introduce us, he goes, without further ado, here they are. Earth, wind, and fire. Yeah. <laughs> the three Bs. So, yeah, yeah. So, and I just remember that was the greatest introduction ever. Yeah, that's that's yeah. badass, man. Yeah, he's my tour bus roommate. For the thing, <laughs> Jacob. What's new, man? I I hadn't seen you in a while. Um, kept up, you know, been keeping up with you through social media and stuff um, as far as like, you know, your new projects and different things, Neon Coven and just some different stuff you got going on. Yeah. Neon Coven was something that's, uh, it's not a real band. Yeah. It's, um, we, we call it our goth boy band. It's cool though. And, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's fun. Yeah. We have a lot of fun, like, you know, going in the studio, right? Yeah. Are y'all making songs, fun of golf but, people? Is that what no. no. <laughs> making fun of boy bands. <laughs> no, man. Dude, this yeah. shit, it's, it's super cool. That, that whole vampire-esque. Um, Appreciate it. Yeah, know. we have a lot of fun doing it. Like, yeah. my main passion, like, you know, I got out of music a long time ago and opened a chain of tanning salons. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. You're looking tan. You're looking good. Yeah. So. Did you partner with Cam Fleener? You guys, I, I would you believe guys, that out of Charlie. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. This guy gives me so much shit. You know, the fat guy's got to do a little something to at least look good. You know, he goes, he told me yesterday, so he calls me. He's all loopy. He's hiding it, but he had surgery yesterday. He yeah. took his sling off before the podcast so so he, he calls me we're talking about some other guest he goes he goes where are you at and i was like and i didn't want to fucking tell him because <laughs> you've been in a band with this guy for so long you know he gives you so much shit all oh, yeah. the time right and i was like i'm leaving um dr petro's off shout out dr petro 
And he's like, what the fuck are you doing down there? And I was like, well, man, I had to get my Botox today. He's like, dude, you're going. He said, Botox, Botox. <laughs> I said, you're going about this all backwards. Let's start jogging first. And then no, we go down to the Botox. No, 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 he actually told me, he said, do some fucking sit-ups first. <laughs> I was like, what an asshole. God, what a friend. Yeah, what a good friend. That's how guys talk to each other, though. You got you to. Know, yeah, guys that. are brutal with each other. I'm sure um, girls sit around and go, man, if I get in the crosshair of a guy that's like ripping on <laughs> other guys and i just happen to be get, getting his line of sight it's over dude yeah dude yeah um, like <laughs> that is the way the guys talk to each other because <laughs> like like my wife will hear david now on the phone and she'll be like who are you talking to <laughs> it's like david or whatever because literally like when we started lying him like i grew up really poor like when we yeah. started lying him once we started you know making cash and stuff like that one of the first things david asked me he goes he goes hey man now that we've made a little bit of money, are you, you gonna you gonna fix your teeth? <laughs> like, fucking dick. I remember saying that. You did. And I was like, I swear to God. And I was like, look, he, this is stuck like, with him for all these years. I was like, Obviously I was like, stunned. I got him. I got him, guys. I got him. I was like, what's wrong with my teeth? I was like, I've never had a cavity. I've never and had a like, girl like, like, and, and like, and, and like my teeth are strong and everything he goes no they're just they're just jacked up like the vampire things and stuff <laughs> and literally, wow. what a fucking and, asshole man. no that that's literally the way that we talk to each other though but yeah. I, I do the same thing to him yeah it's like so oh yeah i'll see it he'll he'll get a, a he'll a picture of float up of him online with a lazy eye and I'll, i won't even say a word i'll just send it to him and i'll be like you know you know <laughs> yeah, you know, know what the fuck i'm I don't have to at. say anything i'll be having a good day buddy <laughs> oh yeah um <laughs> last time i saw you guys was in la whiskey a go-go yeah whiskey. yeah that was like Ultimate a second jam. home for for us you know with the whiskey a go-go jam yeah. nights and stuff like that yeah that's where i learned where your fate what your favorite band is Duran Duran. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that was Bane. Cool. He he got up and did Duran Duran. My favorite Jam band. Just crushed it. Yeah. Bane. Isn't that one like an under like a? a I, I love Bane. Yeah, they've never been my favorite band, but I love Bane. Yeah, well, I'm glad he's here. I'm glad to find out who his fucking favorite band is after you do. <laughs> I didn't spend enough time with him, obviously. Only 17 years on the bus. My, <laughs> my favorite bands growing up were like I loved Motley Crue, I loved Guns yeah. N' Roses, Kiss poison Def leopard like all that kind of stuff but i also equally liked you know pop bands like you know duran duran and depeche mode and yeah. all of that and it's like yeah and duran duran to this day just yeah one of my favorite bands in the world i just saw him at hollywood bowl like a month ago oh wow and uh they sound was, just like the album too. they do it's like headphones on i get made fun of all the time jacob because like I'll be in the car and uh, a Belinda Carlisle song would come on or like Duran Duran or NXS. And my wife's just like, God, like you're such a dork. Like you like, I'm like, yeah, because it's good vibe music, I guess, you know, it is, you know, and uh, escaping that as a kid, like for me, you know, music is all about memories for a lot of people. And that, that shit just, that kind of music reminds me of that kind of good feeling you know what so, I mean? and you hit the nail on the head music is about memories yeah. because like the the two strongest things are music and smell yeah those two things will take you back 
just to to wherever you were in your life mm-hmm. at that particular time. If you're walking down the street and all of a sudden you walk past, you know, flowers that remind you of like your grandmother's house or whatever, it'll yeah. put you right back in that state of mind yeah. and that place yeah. where when you were a kid at your at your grandmother's. That's the same thing about music, like what you said. Um, so many people, you know, you can't you can't defend music either you get it or you don't you could tell me that your favorite album in the world is iron maiden killers and david might listen to iron maiden killers and be like this sucks Mm -hmm. and it's because maybe it's your favorite record because maybe you had an older brother and you guys would listen to that record all the time when it came out so you have these great memories that david doesn't have that's attached to it people tell me all the time what their favorite records are um I'll listen to them and it's just like, ah, it's okay. And it's like, and I'll tell them what my favorite records are. They'll listen to it and be like, ah, it's okay. Mm. But it's so much of it is exactly what you just said. You know, the memories. Like uh, not being, you know, cheesy or blowing smoke. I was telling David this the other day because he was even surprised to hear that. But like one of my top three favorite albums of all time is Slave to the Machine. I love wow. that. We always wonder record. why that's a bigger album to people than than a Tragic well, City Symphony. We always thought now, that now, was the better album. But. So hearing him just talk about his influences, because I'm assuming you did most of the writing on that. Yeah. So, or man, the choruses. So I, I was thinking about it again the other day after we talked. The choruses that that whole fucking record is like hooks and grabs you. And it takes you on a little bit of an emotional roller coaster, different vibes. But it's just so well written, but um, composed. So when it it lifts you up and it holds you there, and it's it is it's so hooky, and it takes you back to you can hear like some pop influences in there. You can hear the you know '80s rock influences in there. And then Jacob's going to, you know, Jacob would rip a fucking solo over the goddamn alphabet song. We always know? said he would, if he didn't have a lyric, he would just put a whoa. Or but, a, hey. I was whoa, like, well, there was Jacob yeah. not feeling like writing a lyric that day. That's what that is. <laughs> but, but with his solos, even too, it, they're so complimentary. Like this, not just diarrhea fingers the whole time. You know what I mean? Like you're not. Oh, he listening. can do that too, man. I, yeah. can, I used to Come be able, see us live. Yeah, <laughs> like like if we're playing live, no shit. And 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 yeah. Bert walks in the building, and I don't see Bert. Yeah, I don't have to see Bert to know that Bert has walked into the building because mm-hmm. I can tell by the way he plays. He just starts doing these yeah. arpeggio sweeps, and I'm like, oh, where is he? Because I know the cocksucker's <laughs> in here somewhere. Where is he? Where is he? And I look in, in the back corner of the room. I've spotted him. Always, it's such an easy tell. No, man, it's um. Oh, thank you for that. Yeah, dude, yeah. That, that's such a – and like I said, what, Halfway the Hell, that was a great record too. Yeah. Um, some good songs on that record. Was that y'all's last? No, we put up – Blink – what was our last one? Your last the, line the of record. Girl, with the girl on the cover of it. Bombshell? Bombshell, yeah. yeah. Okay. We, we recorded a record in, uh, in 2020, and we um, – said we would release it and we yeah. i mean we never told anybody that we were doing it but right. we did it and um yeah for whatever reason we just you know didn't release it yeah yeah i guess it's one of those things it's like you know 
so many people now are just releasing singles instead of records because it's hard to hold people's attention span for 10, 11, 12 songs. You're the second person that said that in the last two weeks. Yeah. So yeah. By, we were just yeah. having that conversation Brett. with Brett Carlisle. And, uh, and that's the truth. Like, it's changed so much, dude. Like, even, even the last 10 years, it's like nobody even really goes in and bangs out a full album anymore. Almost, yeah. or if they do, they release it over like two years, right, or whatever. And I get it though, but yeah, you're right. there's no real need to to wait to do it unless yeah. you're doing some kind of concept. But yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's the way that people's attention spans are, and the way that people consume music now is completely yeah. different. It's it like is. studies have shown that you know kids when they're listening to Spotify, they really only listen to half a song or yeah. Apple Music, Spotify, whatever. They listen to half a song because they're already thinking about what they want to listen to next and yeah. already typing. That yeah, I noticed that. Our, so. our crew guys are like that, man. They, they're they like, I can't wait to listen to the song and they'll play it. And then about 40 seconds, they jump to the next one. I was like, I yeah. thought you were wanting to hear that song. Yeah. He was like, yeah, right. but I also want to listen to this song and this song right. and this song. And I was like, well, that song geez. reminds you of a different song and so on right, and so right. forth, right? <laughs> so it's like, but yeah, um, it has it's changed so much like that like how is that like um for you because man you got your hands in so much different stuff it's you know super cool but um i know you're doing a lot of writing producing some different things like how does that transform like i guess how does that go over like in a um like for a show like so if is it is it kind of like the rope and dope? Like you you release that one single or two or whatever at a time, people come to see that, and I guess you slip in the rest of the rest of the albums to get them hooked. Or you like how does that how does that work now? Like yeah, I, I have no idea. Usually have you know enough songs for a set. A lot of bands will have eight or ten songs. You know, yeah. to start playing, and you know you have that one single that you put out on the yeah. on the platforms, and. It's, um, yeah, even the bands are, and artists and pop stars and people that I write for, yeah. it's, it's, it's based on, it's no longer like we need to come up with the sound of the album. Like, what's, what's the sound of this record going to be? Yeah. It's like, that's obsolete now. It's like, just make the best, catchiest, hookiest song that you can <laughs> yeah. to release for the next single. And then you, you do several of those and then like what david just said after you know you release four or five singles then yeah. maybe the record comes out when are you gonna do a bluegrass album man did one yeah, years yeah. and years ago well, i mean another one another one <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question do you even spend much time with bluegrass anymore i love bluegrass have I, you I still ever listen to it have you guys yeah. ever seen this son of a gun pick a freaking mandolin or a banjo or a Fiddle. The video I've seen. Oh, everybody's seen that. The one on Birmingham Night. Yeah. Oh, that's that's we watched Absolutely. that like a month ago. Oh yeah, that was a very. I was like, what? I, I know, was you know it was like halfway between parody and like, hey, that's some damn. Yeah, but I, right I didn't there, know, you know? That, you know, picking up. I was like, wow, that's a, that's impressive. It was really impressive. Y'all got to please tell that story. That dude's face was priceless on that video. Can you pull that up? Yeah, while we're, while we're yeah, talking about yeah, it, pull, uh, Dustin, pull that up on the TV. <laughs> uh, Birmingham Knights line I think if you search that, it should pull it up. Oh my God! We uh, we got asked to come on a talk show. We really didn't know anything about it. Right? They saw and, us at a club. Like we were doing our thing, not yeah. the bluegrass thing. We were doing our thing. <laughs> that makes it even so, better. <laughs> so I have this weird sense of humor where it's kind of like Andy Kaufman, like right. where. 
like I'm the only one that thinks it's funny and my guys would share that with me sometimes. <laughs> and um we got asked to go on this talk show so i was like hey guys let's let's because mark had just gotten an upright bass and learned some bluegrass songs and i love bluegrass and then we got barry yeah. waldrop from rolling in the hay it's on yeah. youtube by the way go ahead. a buddy of ours dallas taylor that was in a band called maylene and the sons of disaster Hula and mark Lindsay from the radio station put on that wrestling mask yeah 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 and, <laughs> Yeah, and we went to Party City and got a hula hoop and had yeah. Dallas wear some Daisy Duke, you know, short shorts. <laughs> and we went on the show and they were like, and here they are, Lionem. They just released a CD and they they were thinking we were like in the style of like ACDC and stuff right. like that. And yeah. we show up with the acoustic instruments and we play all bluegrass and um, just confused everybody. But it was, uh, it was fine. They were uncomfortable. They tried to go to the phones. <laughs> <laughs> as you do like when you're running right. a literal live show you're like things are collapsing in the studio we've got to go to a different direction yeah. and they don't have any material like they didn't come up with much research or anything so they they think they're safe to go to the phones and talk to the public well we had we had all of our friends lined up there too like waiting on hold going i hope they do go to the phones because <laughs> it's about to really get hot on this show yeah. And I don't know. I don't think that part is on YouTube, but they went to the phones to try and get out of uh, yeah. the uncomfortableness that we had going on in the studio. It was even more uncomfortable. Oh my gosh! The, they just the like phones. you can tell from their vibe while they're talking that they were like, she, we, "We got done." She was like, "What was that?" Well, she left. You could see. So what was that when you guys? <laughs> When you guys like, started, how about this? It's the best ratings you've ever had. <laughs> You're welcome. You know? they, uh, they were they were really sweet people though. Like afterwards, the next day, like yeah. like her feelings were really hurt. She called me the next day, and like, and, and I actually felt bad because like her feelings were really hurt. She yeah. felt like we had sabotaged their show, and and. And it wasn't us trying to sabotage anything. It was just us just being us, having fun. Having a because good time. the whole thing with Lionem, like from the very beginning, every interview you read with us is completely different answers. It's like what you were saying earlier about yeah. asking the same questions over and over. <laughs> Sometimes I owned the Shane of Tanning bed, uh, Tanning yeah. Salon. Some some days I was an ophthalmologist. Some days I was like, some days he was a male stripper. Some day like yeah. everything was always just, we would just go with it and make up stuff on the spot. And that's how we had fun. Like So you know. I remember, um, I don't know. I, I was in Huntsville at the time living there you know doing the I, I was never exposed to like i just like played acoustic shows and shit forever and then wasn't exposed to full band stuff till we put um my band together and we started like going to the old vulgar bowl just to kind of come you remember that yeah and and i somebody i don't remember who it was i think it was bradley moore it was like hey man let's go see my buddy's band Lionel. I was like, all right, fuck it, cool. You know, <laughs> I was absolutely blown away. I was like, holy shit, you know, these guys are the real deal. And so that next week, I'm sitting here. And I, so MySpace was still a thing back then, you know. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. the old dirty mirror selfies, you know. But I was reading your bio on MySpace, and it was the the funniest shit I'd ever read before, talking about, like, how you guys were, like, you're all brothers, and oh yeah, you were. Your dad was 
Ronnie, Ronnie James Dio, Dio and your mom was a Stevie, Stevie Nicks. <laughs> okay, so, so here's the thing about that. When you read it, yeah. you obviously knew it was a joke, right? Yeah. Like you're reading it and you're laughing out loud because it's just so ludicrous. Talking about <laughs> yeah. how when Ronnie James Dio took Ozzy's place in Black Sabbath when the Heaven and Hell record came yeah. out from Black Sabbath in 1980, that that Black Sabbath and Fleetwood Mac did a tour together, which first of all is ludicrous right there. And 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 Stevie Nicks and Ronnie James Dio fell in love and then had the three of us, yeah. you know, three kids over three years. It's like it was obviously a joke that anybody could tell that that was a joke, except people didn't know that was a joke. So it blew up in our face. This promoter in Maine booked us at this festival. And we get to this festival and some dude like comes up like like after I'm like leaving catering and some dude comes up to us. Oh, and he goes, he goes, he goes, he goes, hey, guys. And it was just me and David. I think Mark was still in catering and was like, hey, and he goes, man, I, I just I just want to tell you, I'm I'm a huge fan of your mom. And uh, and we're we're puzzled like like I'm like I taking my mom. Joke. I was like, hey, real cute. <laughs> yeah, real cute. Hey, step it back, Harley. Yeah, got to be wittier than that though. My mom. I'm like my mom, and he goes, I'm he goes, man, I'm just I'm such a Stevie Nicks fan. And me and David started laughing, and I was like, I was like, dude, that's a joke or whatever. And the guy, oh, and then the guy walks off and and tells and like walks over to the promoter because we're like we're backstage like we're catering is walks over to the promoter the promoter runs over and he goes you guys cannot tell anybody that that's a joke and we're like what are you talking about and he goes we've been running ads for the past two months since we've announced you guys on the radio come see stevie nicks kids play this festival so people bought tickets showing up to see you guys because Stevie Nicks is your mom. Jeez, Here. look, check this out. Oh, Birmingham Knights. Guys, <laughs> you got sick. You got to pull me out of this arm. Way over my head. I know a little bit about music and nothing about NASCAR. Uh, tell them about our band because they're, they are great. This is Lynam, who has actually just recorded a video. Um, and if y'all, you guys, take if it away. Guys, just a video, you know. We just recorded yeah. a video. Look at their face. Look at their face. <laughs> <laughs> Look at our hair! Look at how we're dressed playing this music! <laughs> Darling, <laughs> I'm still in love with you. You already know the song. Yeah, I just can't escape your sweet memory. <laughs> David, look at David's That's hair. That's amazing. They're killing it. I'm finding out what hurts. All about <laughs> ever since you walked away from me, my jealous heart died away. Got the harmonies nailed, by the way. Is that Barry singing the harmony yeah, on yeah. that? I hit myself in the space with a stick right there, by the way. Right when they zoom up on me. What the fuck? 
fuck is that sitting over beside you? The guy in the wrestling mask? luchador mask. This guy from the radio station they were talking about. He's head banging. <laughs> <laughs> they get a close up of Dallas. Hold on, tell me they get Dallas at, at the end. I remember this. At Look the at end. him. Oh, yeah. oh. Take it away, man. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys the next song you guys do is rolling my sweet baby's yeah, arms yeah. and he's hula hooping or yeah. maybe it's in this one i think it's the end of this song is it? Hula hooping. oh my god dude that's the funniest <laughs> shit the pockets <laughs> his pockets are lower than his jean shorts you see that and birds they won't sing uh, You look like Goat Boy there. This poker face. Do you see that poker face? Nobody's laughing. Like, nobody. We are in character. That's how you sabotage the show. So are you watching them out of your peripherals at the desk? They're, every camera has a red light on it, so we know which, which yeah. one's hot. Never shows his face the whole time. <laughs> he didn't want to be associated with this <laughs> shit. <laughs> he only did it because he was friends with him. So. With my jealous life. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine the control room right, right there? Oh they gotta be losing it. <laughs> that place was never now the same. To, never the same again. Now we cut What do y'all? They're like, yeah. Well, he goes, well, that's not one of your songs. You remember that? Yeah. 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 We just recorded. And the funny that. thing is, is, it was one of our songs. Yeah. And, yeah. So yeah, we uh. We busted out rolling my sweet baby's arms one night at Tipsy Tees. So we booked a show down there Easter weekend, which was just oh, dude, it's brutal. like you didn't know anything about booking. So, <laughs> hey, hey, newsflash: we, we just want to play to the we, bar staff. That's okay. We, we don't mind. <laughs> we actually had a good night that night. But Jay, uh, what was his name? Jay Beard. Yeah, remember Beard, him? Yeah. He called. He's like, dude. So and so cancel. I don't remember what happened. He's like, "Can you guys play?" I'm like, "Dude, nobody wants to play that Easter weekend, you know." Yeah. And Dude, we actually I had a canceled. Yeah, it probably. <laughs> <laughs> so we we went in there and played that show and had a good time. We busted that song out though, because at the time Brandon, um, our bass player, or whatever, he's also he so he's a bluegrass musician, and so he you know plays banjo and everything so he was like oh let's do that let's do that little so we done that like as a as a cut song or whatever but tip tip of the hat to you guys i guess we uh we first started this band we used to double book all the time and we would just keep both shows really just play them we'd split the band up yep. we got busted doing it once i think we've told this story probably 800 times but with it like remember where half shells was on south side and uh Half shells in the, the arena were right across the street from each other. We double booked those rooms right across the street from each other. So we were like, man, you think we can get away with playing both? Like, we we're like, what? When it first got brought up to the table, we we're like, what? Yeah, we're going to send one guy because we had Didi singing for us back in the day. Mm -hmm. We'd to send play him across. On our breaks. Yeah, to play on our breaks. And we would just run across the street and play like 
45 minutes, take a break, come over here, play for 30, come back over there, play for 30, play 45. Like, we were literally running across the street going, hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. And we, man, one song from the end, we got caught by one of the club. The club owner likes to walk the street, see what's going on up and down, see what all the other clubs are doing. He, yeah. he just passed us in the window, and we're all on stage playing. He's like, but I have them booked at my club, and I know I just saw them. <laughs> Yeah, uh, David booked us at half shells. I booked us. Don't blame this on me. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, and and we, like because like and then when we talked to each other later that night, I was like, "Hey, man, I booked us a show at at, at the arena." It's like, "Oh, great! I booked us a show at half shells," and then it ended up being the same night when we compared, you know, notes. And David's like, "Well, shit! You know which one should we cancel?" I'm like, "You've got two drum kits. I've got two guitar rigs. Brian's yeah. got two bass rigs. Let's just play both of them. Yeah. Why not?" And, um, and that's yeah, awesome so Didi, he wasn't in the band yet he was in a band that david had put together called the bed bugs because mm-hmm. lineham wasn't supposed to be a real band like really his, his thing was the bed bugs they had been rehearsing for like six months they had you know come up with this whole thing and that was that was gonna be it and so lineham was just was just a joke when we started the band he was the worst drummer I'd ever played with in my life. Like he wasn't <laughs> actually a drummer. He was a mascot, and he was. I really would. We got record like, the album. I'd be crying when I left yeah. the studio. I would be. Into You're it. like, hey man, can you like, get us a juice box and we'll let this guy? He, <laughs> so he was known drink. around town as the guy that would show up to all the shows, U.S. Pygmies, anybody yeah. that would play, and he'd be like, oh, let me play a song, and he'd get up on stage and just just shit the bed. Yeah, just <laughs> it'd be the worst thing ever. <laughs> And hey guys, um, that was Jacob, me. tell us how you really feel. So, about yeah, I mean, but the thing is, is I had just come out of Mars Electric, and Mars yeah. Electric was a great band, but we didn't get along, so it wasn't yeah. it 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 we just didn't. And I met David. He was actually working the door at Billy's um, mm. when US was playing. Billy's being a club in Mountain Brook, Alabama, and he was like he told me about a gig that he had at brothers in Jacksonville. And he goes, man, I need to sing your bed bugs isn't ready yet, but it's me and Chris Giovanelli and yeah. Josh Moore. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, we, we just need a singer for the night. And I was like, all right. Um, so I showed up and we played and you know, it, it was fun. And I was like, well, let's, let's, you know, do another show of covers. This is cool. This is easy money. And I said, I know a bass player named Brian that's awesome. And David's like, well, who's going to play guitar? I'm like, I, I play guitar. He didn't know I played guitar at this point. Right. He just I didn't know anything about I him. Just I just a, saw this weird dude around town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I was like, my dad wouldn't, if he was alive, would never let me hang out with that guy. Never. <laughs> never. Um, so I'll join a band with him for 20 years. That's what yeah. I'll do. <laughs> so, yeah. So we, our very first show as Lineham was at the arena. But before we had a name, he's like, well, what do you want to call this cover band or whatever? And I said, I said, I said, you're terrible. And everybody knows you're terrible. I was like, (laughs) let's call the band Lionel because that's going to be hilarious to every band in town or whatever that you've got a band named after you. Like, like, and uh, he goes, no, dude, we're not going to call the (laughs) band my last name. And we literally, we, we. We were at his house. We went upstairs and took one of his mom's bed sheets and and wrote Lionem really big as we our backdrop. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. and then we would hang it up everywhere that we played. We'd have to have everybody sign it. But um, 
but that was the joke. People would ride by and see on the sign, line them. So it's like yeah. people like Sandy that ran sound for four on the floor. floor it yeah. was like, like they just couldn't wrap their head around how this how this guy has a band <laughs> named after. And so we play that show at the arena. And keep in mind, we never did a rehearsal. And right. David was really nervous. He was like, well, what are we going to play? And I was like, we'll just we'll figure it out when we get up on stage. Yeah. He had never met Brian before. I think you guys met the day of the show. Brian's loading in his bass rig. David's loading in his drums. And up until showtime, David's still nervous. And he's like, what, what are we going to play? And I'm like, David, you're a big music fan. You've heard songs on the radio always. Yeah. I was like, you're a drummer. There's only two beats. Yeah. You know? Um, <laughs> That's and, what he uh, thinks about drummers. <laughs> and uh, and he, he's like, what are we going to play? And I walk up to the mic and I'm like, hey, everybody, what do you want to hear? And somebody yelled out, Metallica. So I started to understand, man. He came in. We did the whole night like that. We did, you know, Inner Sandman yeah. and the Man in the Box and, the, you know, just whatever anybody right. wanted to hear. And we had so much fun. We played four hours straight, no break. And that was our thing for the first two years as a band. Yeah. We never took a break, ever. Yeah. Played straight through four hours, six hours, whatever we were doing. And three hundred dollars a night too. We were happy as shit. Killing we were so hundred bucks a man. And <laughs> after we played that arena show, they asked us back. David booked us at Half Shells. The guy that booked the club across the street from Arena, the arena it was a place called The Mill. Yeah, that guy booked us, and then a guy named Steve Dobrinsky that owned a restaurant called Buffalo saw us play. Next thing you know, we're playing every night of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And we were a $300 a night band. But right. once we got to the point where all of the dates were booked, it was like, well, let's see if we can charge more if people want us. And so yeah. then the guarantee just went up and up and up and up. And the next thing you know, we're all making like a, a real living, yeah. like, like doing this. And it was like, well, it looks like we're doing this full time now i don't want to just do the cover band thing let's let's record a record and, yeah. and try to get something going on and um yeah and that's how we started the band that's it was crazy a joke. man it was a joke so how what happened your... to the other guys they were just like what the fuck they're never gonna show up yeah i mean um you talking about the other guys in the the bed bugs oh yeah yeah okay. <laughs> i mean like... Didi, Didi's still trucking he's he's okay he's still uh and Geo still plays all over town. Man. Oh, those were the guys that was in bed. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Gotcha. It was some stupid theme I have where everybody dresses up in like uh, nightgowns and stupid shit. Like, I mean, like I was a rookie in the game. I didn't know anything. <laughs> He's like, let's yes. not let's not critique me too <laughs> can, hard. Can you <laughs> Again, you, I was the town's I, worst can drummer. You imagine so. that I think meeting, you've already got that. Can you imagine that meeting, guys? Look, this is what we're gonna do. Okay. We're going to wear night games. I got three other guys <laughs> to paddle the boat with me, too. They were on board. <laughs> and, and they practiced for like six months and, yeah. and didn't play a gig. It's like, because they were <laughs> like, they, they, they were like, never played a gig. They were like, you know, really rehearsing it up. That's why when we started lying him, it's like, and, and he had never even met the bass player until the night of the show. Yeah. It's like, that was so like, foreign like, to me. I was like, like, "This is not how you do shit." And 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 obviously, <laughs> like like honestly, I was kind of a, a snob when it comes to cover band things because I'd always been in original bands, and there yeah. was no way in hell that I was going to go rehearse covers. It's like everybody get the CD and yeah. or everybody download the file, whatever. Listen to it, learn your part. Why in the world would you rehearse it? Just learn your part, note yeah. for note, um, and. 
you know, uh, you know. I've, I've, I gave him I've, a few reasons why we should have. <laughs> 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 he realized real quick at the arena. Oh, I see why he's a fan of doing that. <laughs> well, you so coming out coming out of Mars Electric though, like you guys were a major label band. Like he was burnt out on it when I met him. Yeah, he was like. Oh, well, well, I need a break from that shit. That 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 day and age, I could imagine like the uh, the money they spent on recording that album like for no crazy. for no like and even now like the money it took back then. You know, you got the labels and this and that. Which some labels, not all labels, though. Some some are good, I'm sure. But like back in the '90s and shit, dude. Like it was still from kind of carryover from the '80s. Like people would go in and spend half a million or a million on a fucking album. And oh they're yeah, in debt to the record companies for ever mm-hmm. they're like well you got to give us six albums or five albums and you got people like still living in their car yeah <laughs> you, you know yeah. what i mean better they're selling records but their <laughs> shit's on the radio yeah it just didn't make any sense and like i guess that's probably the positive i see now though it's like honestly dude you can skip so much of that i think like people are like home recording software all the stuff and like the outlets with different social medias different streaming services different things like it's kind of taken that some out of the equation i guess is that what you're seeing i'm definitely seeing that but what i'm seeing is like so back when record companies were like when all the bands just wanted a record deal that was you know that was the goal streaming era and everything else it's like when that was the goal the record labels were gatekeepers yeah. so it's like one out of every i mean very few people got record deals people worked their whole lives trying to get them and and yeah. just very few people actually got them then if you did get a record deal after that like if you actually charted a single or, or you know became a success that's right. even a smaller percentage but in some ways you know i'll catch a lot of flack for saying this but in some ways the gatekeepers were good were a good thing because now like what you just said anybody with the macbook pro can sit in their bedroom and record something and put it on spotify or apple music the next day and it's like there's so much out there and there's so much that it's just you know kind of shit yeah there's there's just a lot of noise it's hard to find the good part I get that. So I can noise. see that, man. Yeah, I can there's, see that. There's point. a whole lot of noise. And it's like, um, you know, so in some way, those gatekeepers were good because, like, I don't know. Like, I've, I was talking with somebody the other day, even the shitty bands yeah. back then that I didn't like or whatever, when I listened to them, they were good. Like, yeah. maybe I didn't care for their songs. Yeah. But even the bands that I thought were really shitty, like compared to a lot of the stuff that I hear yeah. today and now and stuff like that, they weren't shitty at all. They just weren't my cup of tea. Yeah. Well, there was so the level was so high. The bar was set so much higher then. Fuck yeah. yeah. Now it's just kind of level. Everything's well, just you also had the same. producers. Yeah. Like to come in and, and do you know that drives me crazy now. People that will record, I, I produced this. You know, well, I produced a turd last night. Right? Yeah, yeah, you know, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I think sure, you did you produce did a turd. Produce a turd. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like I think the um, I, you you said it, man. Like everybody wanted that deal, that record deal, and I think there was some kind of. I think that drives lost. This has been lost, like. You would just sit and dream. I remember just being a kid, 
dreaming of that. Like, I want to be on the radio one I mean, day. we were guilty of it, too. We, we wanted For sure. a deal. You know? And we got passed around from label to label. But we it's had, cool, had, though, still. We like many record deals. We were, we, were, we were really lucky. Yeah, dude. Well, lucky, but it was... You're always your own, I guess, worth critic. I was sitting yeah. here and I had all these albums and shit like you guys did. But, dude, it was you have to understand, like, right now, there's people that would fucking die to see a lineup show or to see or hear a new lineup song. Like, I'm not shitting you. And it's like me being one of them, actually. Well, they have Larry you know? and Jodis. Or actually, he says he hears from people all the time. Dude, like, dude. I yeah, mean, I'm, I'm, I hear I'm, from I'm people for real. constantly. I must look different. I must look like a struck match now. Nobody ever comes up and goes, hey, you're Lionel. I actually am Lionel. You, look, last name. you look like David Lionel if he drowned but still yeah. lived somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm fucking <laughs> <laughs> now, that's, that, that stuff always blew our mind, and it was never yeah, lost dude. on us because it's like we – we do realize that because people have come up and told us, you know, I've, I met my wife at your show or yeah. I met my husband at your show. And now we have two kids and these, these two humans wouldn't exist if it wasn't for yeah. you guys. If we, if we wouldn't have gone to your show and we would have never met. And we've had people come up to us that said that they had, you know, thought about um, suicide and all kinds of yeah. stuff. And a particular song got them through. We have um, people that have come up to us that say that, you know, this song right here was our wedding song or whatever. Right. It's like, so all that kind of stuff blows our mind. And then people started getting yeah. line them tattoos. So his last name is on a lot of people and it's not just one or two people that got <laughs> tattoos. I mean, a lot of people got tattoos and this, I yeah. always reacted like, you know, they won't, when they show up to you, they want you to be like, Oh wow, that's awesome. Yeah. But I'm always very concerned. I'm like, Oh, those don't come off. <laughs> you didn't really want to do that, did you? Oh, no, uh, you did not. And they're looking at me like, yes, this is like for you. And I'm, yeah. I always had the opposite reaction they were looking for. But it's only because I'm self-deprecating, for starters. We all are. Yeah. And, and it, like, here was our big thing. We always thought we would be bigger than we were. Mm -hmm. We always thought world domination. Yeah. So when we, we would come back yeah. home and we were a big deal at home, we right. were like, yeah, we're only getting a taste of where we want to be though. Sure, like, and people sure. were like, but the career y'all have had, we played our whole life in this town trying to get to where y'all mm -hmm. were. It's like huge. So it's really a relative thing. So when people, when people say you've made it and you feel like you've made it, yeah. it's just relative what you think of making it is. You Man, know? I'll, I'll tell you, that's not, the truth. I'm not going to name the bands or whatever because they were great. Mm -hmm. But uh, I actually, I seen you guys open for one night for two national acts. You know, and, and I'm not like I said, I'm not I'm not shitting you guys like absolutely. I would have not wanted to be in their band like to follow you guys. That was our favorite thing to do. Y'all like fan snatching <laughs> when we go up and up. For yeah. somebody, we're like, here's where we get a lot of their audience. That's got to be a good feeling. Yeah, man. It's got to be. People, like, it, it was. And and we would see it in merch sales every night and everything oh yeah. like and yeah. the line would just be crazy people just wanting to come buy a cd or shirt or whatever and and just say hello and we we never took that for granted like we never we, right we always appreciated every single person that came and did that and at one point we were able to get such a great deal on t-shirts mm -hmm. and cds like we paid um at one point we paid 70 cents per cd oh, for, wow. for, for the cds and then we actually got shirts like 
shirts for a dollar seventy-five. That's what we paid oh, for wow. our shirts, front and back print on them. So you can't wash them. They're not like the line of tattoos. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they go away quick. <laughs> and, but, they just but, but that was always that was always something that was that mattered to me is yeah. is for instance, if you buy a twenty year old slipknot shirt. That's right. It was printed on American apparel. So it still looks brand new. It mm-hmm. still feels brand new it doesn't shrink it doesn't feel good it does yeah. like yeah. but if you buy those <laughs> right. if you but if you the reason that people spend all that money on ebay for those original 80 shirts That's and everything right, else man. because they're faded they fit mm-hmm. tight they're just freaking awesome so i figured out if you get the um these shirts from mexico <laughs> that are like that, that are like really really cheap that like yeah that, like people quote unquote they fall apart they don't actually fall apart yeah. they just fit like those spring ford 80 shirts that right. metallica and motley crew and everything docking and everybody used yeah. back then just they the brand in. so we got those shirts really, really cheap. We paid a dollar seventy-five, yeah. you know, including the print and everything. Right. We ordered them, so we got to the point where, when I grew up, I grew up really, really poor. If I could actually go to a concert, um, we could never afford to buy like like one of right. the t-shirts or whatever. So when we were on stage every night, we would tell everybody as soon as we're done playing, we're going to be at the merch booth. Come say hey, regardless if you buy anything, but it's pay what you want pay whatever you can if you've got a dime or if you've got five dollars or you've got whatever and so people would come to the uh to the merch table sometimes kids would only have a dollar we'd sell them a cd we only paid 70 cents for it like we're still making a profit yeah but also when we did the pay whatever you want thing people that did have money would come up and they'd be like they'd give us Fifty dollars for a CD yeah. or twenty dollars yeah. for a CD or because they assumed times. everybody, a lot of people were yeah. getting it for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so so we ended up doing better than we ever had, and we were helping people out and yeah. and making it to where these kids could not just kids, just people, yeah, could afford you know a T-shirt or whatever. And it's like, and no matter what, we were we were fine because of, yeah, because of the what we were paying for them. But well, and, and I'm sure you guys get it, you know. Everybody here, um, except by the way, Jeff, he's my brother in law. He's standing for St. Germain today. I, so. I'm the only I mean, why don't you wait till an hour into the show? To <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, the just I'm sorry, down, this yeah. random guy over here. I'm sorry, Tom. that's but, our fearless leader over here. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, my bad. So, um, it's something that I think gets um, overlooked is just how much me and David was talking about this, I think, with the. Uh, with, with the pygmies maybe yeah about how much power and you don't even know it sometimes that whoever's on that stage and they're entertained and they're hearing one of their favorite songs or they're turned on to a new song that you guys do the energy you put on stage how much that means to some people and it change like it changes their whole complete you know train of thought and uh you know, like that's such a powerful thing. But then to do something like that, which you're saying about pay anything, like I grew up poor as shit too. And so people that scrape up enough money to go see a show, to go have a good time, forget their 40 hour, 50 hour, 60 hour work week and go have a good time and spend it with you guys. Like, dude, that's, that's the CEO of cool. C- CD baby is the one that gave us that idea. Really? 
The former CEO. Yep. His name was Derek Shivers. He told yeah. us that and we're like, what? Yeah. He said, <laughs> he goes, you're going to do way more money. Dude. He's a smart guy. He sent guy. an email and, and said to try it. And I was like, okay, we're down. Because, yeah. Because at this point we owned most of our masters. That's good. You know, so we could print yep. up CDs and stuff like that. And cool. So it ended up working out. It's, it's crazy because back to what he was saying about making it, it's all perception, like it like is. what you believe is making it. Because we always, we did always see ourselves as we wanted to be Nickelback. We wanted to A be Motley Crue. We wanted to be, yeah. you know, we wanted to be these this big arena band. And the thing is, is we got to go play massive places. We got to go play amphitheaters, arenas, and all that stuff, always as support, yeah. you know, which was cool. And everybody else was looking at like, Man, I saw you guys open up for Godsmack or Poison or, or yeah. just or just whatever. Man, you guys made it. You guys are huge. And our whole thing was is like like, but we're not headlining. When or Jeff whatever. Turner, they handed us yeah. three hundred dollars for that game. Yeah. <laughs> we just yeah. support. We want to headline that. Yeah. But the funniest thing was is like we we were like huge in the South and like, but everywhere else yeah. it's like you know like like like. We weren't oh like where we wanted to be, you know. Tell them about some of our in-store signings we did. Like, uh, oh god. <laughs> well, well, so, if, so if you went to our website, yeah. so our website, like all of our tour dates and everything, like mm -hmm. we always were good about keeping our tour dates up to date. Right. And we were so busy, always five, six, seven nights a week. Yeah. And it would say like, like BJCC Arena, because we'd be, you know, Godsmack on the twelfth, on the thirteenth. Buffalo Wild Wings, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and we really would. The next night we'd be in a wing joint. Yeah. We'd throwing beer bottles. We're like, it's a lot different last night. And so, like, you know, and there were, there were a few times people were like, 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 what's up with your schedule? Because you guys are playing arenas and stuff. It's like, oh, okay. Because, um, well, we're playing, you know, the, this, this festival over here with theory of a dead man then we're going and playing all these theaters with hinder and then we come back home for three days and we're playing buffaloes and cafe forenza and then we go and then we go play uh bjcc um with god smack and then we go to big time wings yeah <laughs> like in clanton or something like that so it's like yeah we just we just played every single night yeah. like whatever we could whatever we could yeah. do so our schedule looked crazy like that but um <laughs> we would show up on tour sometimes at a, a music store mm -hmm. and they'd set up oh, a, the uh, end stores yeah the end stores they'd set up like a cd signing for us <laughs> and, and like tacoma washington the total other side of the country and we were like this is going to be exciting we're going to go to an end store this far away and people are going to come up and want yeah. us to sign cds and we get there first red flag the store didn't even have our cds in stock <laughs> so we had to go pull some from the bus and like somehow log them into the store where people could buy them. anyway we sat inside the store <laughs> with a stack of cds at a table and they make an announcement in the store that maybe has four people in it like it's, it's a big music store back when they had those but they make an announcement there's a live cd signing going on in the middle of the store with the band line them feel free to come buy your cd and have it signed by by the band and we're just sitting there and they're just playing that elevator music and we're just sitting at the table it's the yeah. most humiliating thing we were laughing so hard and like it's because, funny to us because the record company universal set set up these record store signings for us. like they product. set them up <laughs> right you know so we had to go leave the venue after oh. sound check to go do them so do they even promote it 
So I, my favorite one ever was in Best Buy, and this, this was it was in Salt Lake City, Utah. This one was amazing because right. we get there, and not only do they have our CD, they have tons of CDs and the whole end cap display, oh, nice. posters, everything. And there's a table where they have about a hundred CDs like set up. Yeah, <laughs> we're behind and, them. And, 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 I mean, so many, so many CDs. And, and so we show up to do this and everything. And I'm like going, okay, our products in the store. This is cool. Right. Our songs played on the radio here. This is, this is going to be great. And the store manager lays out the Sharpies and stuff. And he goes, all right, guys, just, uh, just go sit at the table and I'll make the announcement. And me and Mark, the bass player, we looked around and we're like, there's nobody in here. And there's nobody to that, hear that, the announcement. That, <laughs> yeah. And there's there's nobody in here that looks like they're fans of us. There are a few people in here, but there's nobody. So I told the store manager, I was like, well, we'll go sit down in a minute. David goes and sits at the table and yeah. he's, all these CDs <laughs> and a Sharpie or whatever. And so I'll walk up to the manager. I'm like, hey, can you go ahead and make the announcement? But just say, ladies and gentlemen, David Lynham of the band Lynham will now be signing <laughs> oh, And so, so he's sitting by himself. And me and Mark are nowhere around. And the, and the, and the store manager goes, good, good afternoon, Best Buy. Now, um, you know, David Lynham from the band Lynham was now signing autographs. And like he's just sitting there with this big pile of CDs. And I see some guy walk over to where the CDs are. And doesn't get a signature. <laughs> no, walks by the, the CD, the, where the table was, it was right by, like, like yeah. here are the chairs. Here's the table. And right behind us is the W section. And I see a guy walk up to David and do like this. And he goes, hey, man, I'm trying to get that Weezer CD. <laughs> <laughs> Makes him move from the table. Makes him move so he can grab the CD. Oh, that's amazing. How'd that feel? You were just like. Very humbling. Yeah, it should. Yeah. I yeah. mean, uh, we were excited. I mean, we were on a huge tour, too. Like every day except sold for out. Phoenix sold out. That's crazy. The whole tour, 50-something. I knew. Shows. Like, I, I knew for sure. Like, um, I think. When did when did half halfway to hell come out? It was like 2012, 2013? Halfway to hell, twenty thirteen. So, um, that was just the EP too. Y'all played a show, and what what was the member that you you guys had another member? Yeah, we had Lonnie playing with Lonnie. Yeah, he was a From super LA. nice guy. Yeah, mm -hmm. and uh, but I knew I was like because I heard some of those tracks. I was like, man, these these fucking guys are about to just be gone. Like, as far as, like, they're fixing to blow up, you know? Like, not going to be able to see them at Tipsy Tees or wherever, right. you know, anymore. And uh, because, dude, like, the you guys always had the show down. You always had the, the, the songs. Like, the albums were just bangers. They were amazing. Hooky, big choruses. I'm a, I'm a fan of, like, gang vocals in the choruses, you know. Then you'd love you, our band. Oh, I know. Sure yeah. Like our band. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so. But, you know, success is measured in different ways, right? I mean, yeah. it really is. So it's it's just like you guys had a lot of freaking success in Lionel, a lot of success. But looking back now, it's like we're so grateful, yeah. you know, and 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 you know, we do realize that we like he was saying earlier, it's like we we wanted to be the big arena band yeah. like headlining it and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's like we 
did achieve a whole lot and we have a lot to be grateful for so much of it i've learned in life is gratitude i'm one of those people that i i I really do believe that you like what you put out there you get back and everything and when we were showing gratitude and had gratitude and everything else like everything was great our numbers were through the roof like we would walk we we'd go play clubs we had headline clubs over a thousand people would come through or whatever and everything was good as soon as we stopped showing gratitude and stop and once we started complaining all the time yeah like numbers went down things sure because we just like we did we got to the point where we were just complaining all the time negative everything yeah negative kind of i guess we were well you probably placed all these expectations on yourself yeah we did you know, mm-hmm. and we but, fell short of the ones we set. We, yeah. we accomplished some and didn't accomplish other. And we would laser focus on yeah. not accomplish that. We we saw a taste of freedom. We saw we toured with these bands. We saw how they did things. We always had conversations of if we made it that big, we'd do this different. Yeah, and we would be we would seize the moment better than they have and do this differently and do this. So when we get this moment, we're going to really make we're going to make yeah. things. You know, we're we're going to put tickets on sale a year in advance. We're going to let it sit the money sit in account for years. And uh, yeah. whether the tour ever happens or not, we've got interest on the money. We used to always have conversations about how we're going to do things when we got really big. And yeah. and um, really big meaning, you know, something we never really got. We didn't get really big. But we did get to go out well, there. And we got a taste of free dude, uh, of success. We got to yeah. see. I suppose I was going to say a lot of a people. Lot of band dude, success. a lot of people, though, man, is going to s- correct you on that. Like, a lot of people and a lot of other bands, a lot of fans are, you know, like I said, I get what you're saying, but like, you you did make it. Like, mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying? So it isn't like it was like the. Yeah, I see. I mean, like Jacob said, I see yeah. that hindsight now. I, I, yeah. I do feel that we made it. We didn't accomplish Fuck all of yeah, our goals, but but our goals. You know, we ridiculous. had some crazy goals. You know, yeah. maybe we well, should have yeah. reeled them in a little bit more yeah. than we did. You know. <laughs> I don't know. I always thought I admired too. Um, you know, I was a I was a douchebag kid from poor kid from not know, as big in, as me buddy in, in alabama me. I was a shit. and uh you know <laughs> still are yeah yeah, yeah he's still, in, still a new thing never still. changed nobody argued huh? i but, mean who else has a cut out of themselves <laughs> right behind them <laughs> <laughs> i gotta say that hairstyle i liked a little bit better yeah. up there nathan queen <laughs> had that man yeah that he, he was like richard simmons with anorexia and that cut out right well there. i tell you our success did get us to the level where he got to like go play with Steven Adler and stuff like that. Well, that's what I'm saying. It opens doors. It opened enough doors for us to carve out a career that, that, you know, he has a a great career. And so do I know. I don't know if you will tell the story, but my favorite story is the rock of ages. Oh yeah. Oh, about how me and him. (laughs) We were like, how y'all are going to break the news. We we are going to get this because we all auditioned for it. You know, we were like, Mark, how are we going to tell Mark? He's not going to get this. You know, Mark, you're a little bit too stiff on stage. You're not yeah. going to get this uh, uh, movie, and we probably are. And like, how are we going to break it to them? And then they get, they send send back. We all submit a videos, and they come back with Mark. They pick Mark, and we're like, oh, okay, well we'll be up here. The first time you told me that story, I lost it. Uh, you're like, man, we do. It's the way we, David tells it too. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you, you see, you sitting there going. Man, how in the hell are we going to tell him about it? Yeah, that's, and then you get there, like, we really oh. thought we were going to be picked, and he wasn't. And that's just like exactly what we deserve. Like, exactly. And not that other big things don't, yeah. don't happen. I mean, he had he's had the lion's oh, share yeah. of the success of everybody. But 
I don't, you know, I don't want him to go into be a, you know, I, I know, I know Jacob Sumble. He doesn't want to name drop, but he's he works with a lot of lot of big lot of big names. Jacob's which is, got like that. He goes on the list of people he's worked with, and it just says etc. Yeah, he's got so many people he's worked with. Artists are like, I'm in Jacob's etc. List. (laughs) So who's the most humbling, or who's the the coolest person you've ever worked with? David Lynham. I've worked with I've worked with a lot of really cool people. Go ahead, tell it. Say it. I'll lift my feet up. You can tell them. All right, David Lynham. No, like like to me, it's like. Obviously, I've worked with a lot of like like pop legends and stuff like yeah. that. But to me, growing up, my two favorite bands, like I said, rock bands were Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses. So yeah. it's like, you know, doing the Adler record when you've got Steven on drums, you've got Slash playing guitar. And it's uh, that's real humbling. That's like, wow, yeah, that's dude, insane. Real. Same thing, you know, with, with Mick Mars, with Motley Crue. Yeah. It's like. With Mick, he was super, super secretive about doing the record and everything mm-hmm. and, and wouldn't allow anybody to come to the studio or whatever. Only one person ever got to come to the studio outside the band, and it was David. I talked him into it. I was like, David's my best friend. He's like my brother. Can, yeah. can he please come? And and he was in a good mood that day, and, and yeah. Mick is the sweetest guy in the world. And he was like, he was like, he was like all right, he can come. And, um, yeah. So David got to come and, and and when I was tracking vocals. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. And he got to meet the producer too, Michael Wagner. Which oh, is, wow. He's yeah. done like so yeah. many cool things. I was just looking on his walls going, oh, yeah. I didn't know about who you were until I see all these did, albums. Did you yeah. guys ever, I mean, you had to have, um, This is honestly, this goes up to both of y'all, like that shit your pants moment when, you know, you're looking, you're on stage like so, so with you with Adler record, even like you're on stage and you look both ways, and all these people that you grew up just idolizing as a kid, cutting your you know cutting your teeth, you know wanting to be that that guy, and you're on stage with those people. How does that feel, man? I, I think the biggest moment for probably me and David both, like as far as that stuff goes, is like in Japan. It's like we're on stage, yeah, and. David's sitting right behind Steven and over to the right, Duff McKagan on bass. Wow. And we're like going, like, this is crazy. We got out, when we got out of the venue, yeah. at the venue to run inside, there were these uh, Japanese girls holding Linum records in their hands. See, yeah. that's so cool. And they didn't even see me there. He pointed and said, look, look right here, and pointed on the cover and pointed. And they're like, ah! And they, uh. they were having to sign <laughs> stuff. And, like, we're across the world. That, that blew Dude, that mind. that should – you should – I'm sure you remember that for the rest of your life. That, yeah. That's huge. I remember Jacob uh, in the studio the day that uh, Slash came in and did solos. And he's yeah. like, man, I got that. We just chopped it up forever. And you know what I realized? He's – you know, I just came to the conclusion he's just like me and you, dude. He's just like me and yeah. you. And then he walked outside and got in a helicopter and flew off. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what just I realized. Like a, not just very like similar. Like maybe, maybe. Not just like, you know, in the ballpark, maybe, personality-wise. <laughs> uh, I've seen a video, and I couldn't – I only seen part of it. What happened with the Gene Simmons guy? On stage, it says "fat fake Gene Simmons." Oh, that was that was a uh, uh, very the Kiss tribute yeah. band. We uh, I, I, you I, know, Mark was off shooting the movie Rock of Ages, and so we had to get replacements, and and we uh, we decided to get Barry 
James's brother. Mm-hmm. And then we thought, man, if we're going to get Barry, it would sound really thicker if we just got two guitarists. So let's get mm-hmm. James too. And so we got them to uh, come out there and do a, 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 a run of shows yeah, with us. And on the way to Rocklahoma was this Iowa Rock Fest. It was this Small Potatoes like music festival. And uh, Slaughter had been there the night before. And we, we talked to the Slaughter guys and they were like, it went great. We got paid. It was, you know, it was small, but it was a good, good venue. We get there. As soon as we pull up, there's a Kiss tribute in a mobile home there or an RV. <laughs> And we get out and we're like, oh, y'all are on the bill tonight? And they're like, yeah, we are. We're, we're like, headlining. We're headlining. And we're like, like cool, man. They made that perfectly they, clear. Yeah, yeah, right out of, we didn't even get to shake their hands. They said, we're headlining tonight. And we're like, okay. Well, we're excited because we love Kiss and we can't wait to watch y'all. And they go, well, don't get any wise ideas. We're headlining, okay? And we're like, that's fine. And we didn't even tell them that they had told us we're headlining. Hey, even on the schedule. Even on had- the schedule, it has us playing last. But they wanted the headline, so we said, absolutely. We're like, ooh, kiss with a little bit of sass. This is going to be fucking great. Dude. We can't wait. We're excited. We thought this was just going to be some rinky-dink festival with a bunch of local bands and us. Yeah. So we have something to look forward to all day, and we already know they're rude, but it doesn't bother us. We've ran into rude bands before, yeah. but it's no big deal. So all the bands are playing. By the way, no supervision on this stage. No stage manager to clock uh, local bands. You right. know, 30 minutes and you're off, guys. You know, none of that. It's uh, You got 30 minutes and then they leave. And the local bands, if you don't reel them in, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll play till midnight. Yeah. So the stage was way off time. It's like uh, eight, 8 o'clock at night and all the local bands have finally quit. It's just us and Kiss Mania. And so we... Throw our stuff up on stage. We're like, we're always the band that will catch your festival back up on time. We're not yeah. trying to play Bruce Springsteen two and a half hours. We're, yeah. We'll get up there. We'll catch it up. We'll do a 30-minute set banger, and we're out. We get up there and get ready to play, and the, they're about to drop house lights. I can hear the radios. Here we go. We're about to we're about to start. And then I see Gene, this fat Gene Simmons walk out on stage, and he's like, and I'm thinking, holy shit, we got oh, Gene Simmons is going to bring us out on stage. And we're all looking at each other. We're like, this is going to be gonna awesome, be dude. We can't wait. And he raises his arms, his bat wings, and the crowd goes, yeah. And he turns around. He goes, get your fucking shit off the stage right now or I'm going to start throwing it off. And we're, I, you can see in the video. It's on YouTube. You can pull up Iowa Rock Fest. Um, See, that's the video I watched. R O C F E S T. Um, Iowa Rock Fest. He, you see me go from a smile to what? What'd you say, bro? He goes, I said we're headlining, and we told you the second we shook hands with you today that we're headlining, and if you don't get your shit off stage right by the, by this time, our our security yeah. guys and everybody's walking up on stage going, what, what what's going on? He goes, we're gonna throw your shit off the stage. And we're like, you said that you guys wanted to headline. Yeah, we could. We are headlining right now. He goes, we're headlining right now. We go, oh, we're from Alabama, man. We must be stupid because headlining in Alabama means you play play last. last. Who's yelling at him in the video? Is it Peanut yelling at him? Uh, You see Peanut when he starts talking about slinging equipment. That's when they walked up and said, "Hey, my man, unless you got good health insurance, I would not be touching any of this equipment because these guys, the guys we had on the road with us, they did not care. They would have." They would have gone to prison for the rest of their life over a stupid festival show. Yeah. No bones about it. No big deal. Yeah. So uh, it, it was crazy. So that now 
I mean, dude, this is Barry and James' first show with us. <laughs> and we're like, man, we have fun on the road. It's really big time. We're a big time band. And, and they're seeing this little rinky-dink trailer out in the middle of a pasture in Iowa. Hmm. And they're seeing this guy pick a fight with us. And they're like, is, is this what y'all are about? Like, I can just see it in their eyes. Oh, we thought y'all were a bigger band than this. We didn't know y'all pick fights with tribute bands. And we're like, dude, <laughs> I'm sorry. We, I was trying like, <laughs> like eventually set it all, all, all of our handlers start taking care of the situation. And so I'm just look. talking to them. So here we go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Interrupted by <laughs> fat, fake Gene Simmons. That's what he's telling me right now. He's like, get your fucking shit. Get it off this stage right now. I was so excited, dude. That's on stage. The music that's playing is so ominous and hilarious. <laughs> what the what's going on, you know? <laughs> I was like, you're a fat piece of shit, you know that? Like, I'm going back and forth with John at the guy. Look at He's it, like, dude. what you gonna do? And I was like, man, if I get out from behind this drum kit. Barry got look at Barry putting down his guitar. Well, we're obviously not playing a show, <laughs> so I'm gonna go ahead and take this off because <laughs> the god of thunder said so. <laughs> There's Debo on the stage now, he's the son of a bitch that would kill somebody. Just soon look at him, he's waiting for that guy to make a move. He's right there going, Man, brother, I will crack that skull. You better not. What are we doing right now? Peter, Peter, what are we now some Avenged Sevenfold comes on. <laughs> Here's the guy that runs the festival right there in the hat. With a fanny pack? Or yeah. A... He's like, now what's going on here? He don't know what to do, by the way. He has no idea how to remedy this situation. But he was an awesome dude. He always yeah. gave us a lot of money to come play that. Yeah. I right, so pause it for a second. So, so I don't at, get, I don't at this point, get a copyright strike on the. Uh, <laughs> on this oh yeah, yeah. At this point, um, I've quit talking to the guy, yeah. and I let my, everybody, all the handlers, taken care of it. They decide that owner of the festival comes up to me and goes, "Listen, man, what do you want to do?" I was like, "It's what do you want to do? It's your festival. Yeah. You're paying us. We drove this far to come here. You can pay us, and we can play." And you can tell this guy to suck it, or if he's going to be unreasonable, we'll just pack up our stuff. We don't have to play. We're not that band. Like, a lot mm -hmm. of bands would be like, we drove from Birmingham. By God, we're going to play. We're not yeah. those guys. If it will make your festival run smoother, the four or five people then in the crowd yeah. that may want to see us, or, you know, we'll just pack up and leave. And uh, he goes, let me go talk to him. And he went and talked to him. He came back. He goes, he, he can't be reasoned with, man. I guess if y'all don't mind, take down your stuff. We're like, that's fine. Okay. So yeah. I start unscrewing. As soon as I start unscrewing cymbals, you can hear people in the crowd going, boo, what's going on? Uh -huh. He grabs the mic and I hear him with my back to the crowd. I hear him go, who do you want to see more? And I was like, oh no, now he's opening it up to the audience. Like we've already made the decision, dude. We're tearing down. We're just going to be easy going and get out of here. Who do you want to hear more? Line them. And you hear like half the crowd going, yeah, or kiss mania. And the other half of the crowd's going, kiss mania. And so we're, I was like, oh, no, what is he doing? What is he doing? <laughs> and so um, 
he goes back over to the Gene Simmons guy, and the Gene Simmons is sitting over there in the corner, and they're yelling back and forth. He goes, I guess they can play for 30 minutes. I guess. I mean, getting a, I'm getting eaten alive over here in the media. I'm getting eaten alive. And I was like, I media? In when he media. said media, I was like, we're out. There's barely running water out here, brother. What are you talking about, media? <laughs> he said, just let them play 30 minutes and get fuck out of here. And so we played our 30 minutes. And instead of sitting around and watching their show, which we wanted to do, we were like, Let's just get out of here, man. I'm afraid if we wait to them to finish yeah. their show, they're gonna there's gonna be like a fist fight, and it ain't gonna fare well because we've got white trash people from Birmingham that, that <laughs> crack skulls. You know, yeah. <laughs> you don't smile. The Alabama boys. They've been looking for a reason the whole tour to like <laughs> beat somebody to pieces, and this guy's giving them every reason to. I was like, let's let's just get out of here. So we packed yeah. our bus up and uh, and took off. To, and to Brock Debo is one of those people. Dude, he does Debo not care. Doesn't give a shit. Me and Debo have a mutual friend, actually. Yeah. And um, y'all are car nuts. I'm sure yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you you need to bring him on sometime. <sighs> He's a character, man. We'll Debo, him on. He, awesome. he makes you sound podcast. like you're from Canada. Dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah. that, he yeah. sounds like he just climbed off his cousin <laughs> every time he talks. <laughs> uh, well, let's wrap it up, man. Um, so listen. Um, Jacob's got something to plug. What do you got to plug? What do you got? Got got, got that new Mick Mars album coming out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he just heard. I just heard two of the songs on the way here. Yeah, it's coming out next year, so that's forward to that's that. cool. Twenty three. That's yeah. cool, man. You just making you just making waves, ain't you, brother? Man, Good for you, know, you man. Just, just out there hustling like yourself. No. There you go. <laughs> you got to, baby. Hey, it's about the poor kids, man. You know, you yeah. don't ever want to be back that way again, right? Yeah. So that's right. You know how it is. Well, listen. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Thank you, Jacob, for being here, man. Had a blast. Had a blast. So, like, subscribe, hit that like button. Go check out Jacob's new album coming out next year with Mick Barnes. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Take it easy.